Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke, don't do If I had a million dollars... Well, face Action Jackson, I'm Tom Allen. Andrew on the board, S&P Futures up 275, NASDAQ Futures up 25. We had a kind of a nothing day yesterday and actually ducked at the end. We were kind of... We're way up after the CPI numbers came up, and we actually had, well, it actually wasn't a nothing day. We are up 38 spoos, and we finished down 20, so it's a 60 or 70-point turnaround, depending from top to bottom, so that's kind of a lot, and I, uh, I'm very careful to never <laughs> say anything about trading on the show. Well, yesterday, I, I slipped up and said, boy, I'm reading these CPI numbers. People read these things. They got no, These spoos got no business being up 38 points. Did I short anything? No, but... Uh, did I do anything for my clients? No, uh, but uh, I was right. Do we have speaking of right? Do we have uh, Professor Lou? The word today is leak. Leak. Yes. Everything's a leak. Everything's a leak. Uh, well, if you depending on how you spell it, it's either a a kind of uh, you know wild onion looking thing, or it's a uh, an undesirable emission from a you know, secure source. Or desirable, depending on who wants to send out what. Well, yeah. It's it's an unplanned or, or you know, unprogrammed for uh, emission of information or fluid from uh, from a from a secure from a secure area. And uh, we uh, we apparently you know, normally those things a, a leak of classified information usually just hits and goes, you know, the information gets out, people talk about it, and then it goes away. Um, there have been a couple of notable exceptions to this. Snowden, Edward Snowden, of course, who uh, was a Russian spy, and um, and then this latest thing. And I, I, you know, I don't. It's really an interesting reaction to to this latest drop of information that came in the form of these these power. It looked like PowerPoint slides. Well, actually, it looked it looks like sort of a daily intelligence briefing summary that that somebody just either photographed or, or downloaded and then and, and dropped on a couple of social media websites. Um, you know, typically you you get a reaction from the from the you know Defense Department or CIA or agency or whoever saying, you know, we're not gonna comment on this stuff. Because we don't want to you know we're not gonna confirm it. We're not gonna we're not gonna deny it. We're gonna make everybody try to guess. But we're not we're not getting that in this case. What we're getting in this case is a, a, a number of people uh, either off the record or very quietly telling uh, their press sources that this stuff is legitimate, or a lot of it's legitimate. Some of it apparently is obviously altered. Uh, 
the figures on Russian and Ukrainian casualties, for example, so appear to be appear to be altered in a in a different font. But uh, up or down? Um, oh, in favor of Russia. Uh, much greater Ukrainian casualties, much lower, much lower Russian casualties. Uh, <coughs> but you know the the idea that we would be quietly or our people would be quietly confirming this immediately puts me on alert that you know this this could be a you know not just a double but maybe a triple or even quadruple blind kind of operation where we had we had an idea to to do something uh to put some information out that we wanted to be that we wanted to put out but we also didn't want to do it in such a way that it looked like um you know it, it looked like we were deliberately disseminating uh propaganda or false information so you have this leak that comes out and then you have your people quietly confirm it with their press sources so that that information uh, gets uh, you know becomes true or is perceived as being true so you know that this is one of these games where you can drive yourself crazy um, you know that some of the information in this in these slides appears to be altered um, that of course casts doubt on all of it and yet you have apparently parts of it that are being you know confirmed and and so it, it's the confirmation part that I find I find interesting because that that to me smacks of something else going on that this information you know might very likely not be true that it that it might have been a deliberate release by uh, by us to uh, to send a message to somebody and um, you know I mean I mean the intelligence services right now are, are scrambling for you know Israel and a few other places the, the Russians certainly are scrambling to try to figure out how how we got this and and you know what which of it is true or was it all just fabricated um, where's the my, leak my, supposed to be supposedly from here yeah um, right now they have supposedly the Washington Post has supposedly tracked down the actual individual who was responsible for it saying he worked on or friends of his who say he worked on a military installation uh, not disclosed you know they've, they've got this identification out I find this hilarious because of course we couldn't obviously whoever's doing the investigation is not the is not the uh, the chief uh, marshal of the uh, US marshal of the Supreme Court who couldn't find you know the source of that Dobbs leak after months and months and months of investigation we get a serious leak out here like this and our our press people track down the you know the one person removed from the from the leak within a matter of a matter of days um, anyway but my, my, my point is there's a lot going on with with this information that's out there um, and the way we are reacting to it makes me makes me immediately doubt um, it, its veracity now there's one other angle on this and that's a it, it's a it's a bad one and that is that our sources on these things uh, every time you, you have one of these leaks, the, the, you have two things that come into play. The first question is, you know, what's the information, and and you know, is it true, and can we can we validate it? The second thing that you you worry about or that you you would see a reaction to is, how did they get this information? And and if if we believe it to be true, 
then then somebody is is listening to us or somebody is who's untrustworthy has access to it or it it may be that there's some kind of specialized technology in play that is that is creating um, you know creating a, a weakness in our in our security system so you frequently find for example um, cases where we've got we've, we've captured somebody or we've, we've identified the source of of a, of a breach security breach and we don't even prosecute them we sit them down and we say we're not going to put you in federal prison for the rest of your life if you tell us exactly what you, you gave the other side and and how you did it um, and and I, I was you know quasi involved in a situation like that in uh, when I was on active duty, and uh, it, you know, it, it's frustrating as hell. But the most important thing for for a security uh, officer in, a, in, a, in an agency like this, in a situation like where you've got a, a, a breach like this, is to find out what went over to the other side and how it happened. And and sometimes that means giving complete amnesty to the person who was the actual spy. Well, I, as uh, as you know, this has always been somewhat of a, um, I don't know why, maybe because I read the Philby conspiracy years ago, sort of an interest to me. Lou, and we have some really good people on the show, which you are obviously probably the top dog there. Uh, but we had uh, we had Wayne Madsen on, who worked for NSA, a bunch of times, and he said it. This is we talked to him about the the Snowden stuff, and a bunch of other stuff, and he said it, it got to be such a a ridiculous piece that the that the, men, the lunch menus were classified to where everybody used, used everything top secret classified just to cover their ass on everything uh well i'm sure i'm sure wayne told you about something called the the what but the we used to call back in the day the mosaic theory of intelligence collection which is you know it, it's based on a on a on a rather straightforward concept which is you don't know what you don't know right and and potentially potentially every aspect of an intelligence agency's operation has some piece of information in it that when combined with hundreds of other seemingly unrelated pieces of information allows you to assemble a like a mosaic allows you to assemble a picture of what people are doing who they're doing it with, how they're doing it, you know. Well, I, I don't. I don't disagree. Matter of fact, yeah. You you were on. We talked but, but about my, my point. My point is, there might be some intelligence value in a lunch menu. Well, we just don't know. But I mean, there's there's something to be. As I age, uh, there's something. This idea that uh, some schmuck runs for office and they win by three votes, and all of a sudden. They are privy to all kinds of information that regular people, which they were the day before, couldn't possibly understand or, or handle. I don't buy that at all either. I mean, I understand that there's... But then Mike Murphy comes on. Uh, he was just on yesterday. By the way, he loves you. Uh, and, he, he, and he actually did a lot of, like you, did a lot of intelligence stuff when he was in the Army. And he said the stuff that's, that's real, he would take out of a place, sign it out, take it to Congress, wouldn't be in the, the Congress chambers, it'd be in a special room, maybe you'd hand something out, maybe you didn't, and when you left, you collected what you handed out and you brought it back and they expected it back. So so that's obviously level A, A-double-A, uh, but then there's, you know, there's the Trump stuff. 
And like Mike said, I don't know what he's what he's got that's so classified that nobody was looking for. Exactly. Because if you really if it's really classified, now now everything that goes into a presidential library, everything the president does, if he writes down your phone number, they want that uh, contained oh, yeah, for, I, for, I think the, for the I archives. Think the no, that, I think the presidential library stuff is, and the idea that this is somehow all national archives property property is ridiculous. And and again, this that that particular aspect of this all goes back to what I consider to be targeted prosecution, because Biden apparently had stuff scattered to yeah. from here to there, all over the east coast of the United States. But back to Mike's point, if it's if it's that friggin' secret, and that you know we're really worried about it. How come nobody realized that this this dipstick had that all that stuff? Well, the difference there is that Biden allegedly, when he had it, allegedly cooperated, and, and Trump didn't. That he, you know, Trump pissed off people like he always that, does. That's, that's a that's a popular misconception. Biden hid the stuff, and he he made sure that his lawyers made made runs at it. We have absolutely no idea what well, what Biden. I, I, had. I know that, but I mean, Mike Pence has people come search his house. Lou, I hope you have a house big enough where you can have other people come search. <laughs> I never heard of such a thing. I, I would, I would say they'd better send a really big team of people if they want to look, because my, my storage system is a mess. <laughs> what if yeah, they had to look for luck, stuff? Good luck with that, guys. What yeah, if they had to look luck, for stuff? Good luck with stock? tracking those five thousand post-it notes that are stuck all over things. Can you imagine the, the uh, FBI searching the stacks of Jack's office? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I. <laughs> I'd pay money. I'd pay money to see that. What the hell is this? <laughs> a trade yeah. from forty years ago? Yeah. Uh, is this is this is this like like pizza from you know? <laughs> hey, it's not that bad. There's nothing. There's ago. nothing growing here. I hope. Uh, but no, I mean it, it. This when people say classified, the regular person thinks everything's classified is the same level. Obviously, it's not. No, and and. The the classification system, and I, I know I know Mike talked about this because I I caught that I did catch that I think I did catch that episode. But yeah, it's, you've got you've got stuff, you know. I, I mean, it sounds like well, you know, you got secret and you got top secret, and then you've got you know, and then you got code word. But but there are rabbit holes on top of rabbit holes in this stuff, and because in the the really crucial intelligence is based on a need, you know, disclosure of that is based on a need-to-know basis. You have multiple layers within the federal bureaucracy um, of, of people who might need to know one aspect of a, of a particularly secret process or, or bit of information, but they can't know the rest of it. And so, and so when we get a piece of information, if you're, if you're the recipient, the first thing you're asking is, how how valid is this? And your question goes back to the people who prepare. You know, when Mike Mike gives you that document, and you're in Congress, and you ask you ask Mike how how valid is this? How reliable is this? And the first thing Mike's going to say is, I can't tell you anything about how we collected this. A, I probably don't know. And B, even if I did know, you don't need to know this. You just need to know that we've given this to you, and we we are are offices rate this as reliable, unreliable, you know, highly likely, highly unlikely. Um, it, it, and so, you know, literally this, this gatekeeper function becomes more and more crucial and you, you revert back to if you're, if you're thinking about this. And I, I thought, I think about it all the time and I thought about it when these leaks came out. 
if you're thinking about it, you revert back to Latin. And the old, one of my favorite Latin sayings, which I believe I'm going to mispronounce, but que custodius ipsos custodis, who guards the guardians themselves? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, who is, who is validating what, excuse me, what this particular agency is saying about, about, and who is, who is telling me or who is watching what this particular agency is doing and so that when I get a recommendation from it, I know that it's not a recommendation that is just based on the political bias of, of some person in the, in the group. And, and, you know, this is not a, this is not a, a, a particular issue with one political party or another. It is, a, it is an issue with, with political bias within the federal agencies. But we saw intelligence, you know, manipulated on the, on the Iraq war. We saw it manipulated on the Gulf of Tonkin. Um, oh, we saw it absolutely destroyed in Vietnam. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, it... it uh, and, and to give you an indication of how this works, I was in a place when I was on active duty, um, I was in a place where I was not supposed to be, but you know, the government, our government knew I was there, um, but I was carrying clearances. That, it sounded like Mission Impossible. We will disavow any knowledge of... Well, you know, I was I was I was in a place I wasn't supposed to be because of my clearances. So I had I had fairly high clearances, and one of the things you weren't supposed to do when you had fairly high clearances was travel to, you know, hostile places, so particular hostile places. So I was in one of those hostile places. I was I was doing government work, and I saw something, and I reported what I saw. I I wrote a, you know, I I, I wrote a, a summary of what I was doing there. And I, I mentioned that this particular thing had happened, and um, you know that was a that was a uh, an inconvenient fact <clears throat> for the current the administration that was in place at that time, and so I immediately got pushback. And when I say I got pushback, you didn't really see it. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. It's very uh, I got I got I got called in to. A, a secure facility at my at my base, and sat down and put on the phone with with some people in Washington who said we want to walk through what this was, and I said sure I'll tell you what I saw and here's it's what it's what I thought it was this is what I thought it was here's what it where I thought it was this thing, and and you know here's what I observed and boom 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 and they went back and forth and back and forth, and finally you know one of them said well you know this is. We, we think it was more likely, you say it was Y, we think it was more likely X. And I said, you, you guys are the experts, not me. I am, I am just a lieutenant. Here's what I saw. Here's what it did. Here's what, what it looked like. Here, here were the markings. Because, you know, I knew what I was looking at, or I, I thought I knew what I was looking at, and I was very careful. I, I, I sort of took a picture of it in my mind's eye and, and you know, wrote some notes down as soon as I was able to so I could I could recall it but you know it, it was an inconvenient fact and they didn't want to fit that inconvenient fact into the narrative I'm sure I'm sure it ended up that particular piece of information because it was sensitive ended up on the president's desk at one of his situational briefings within a day or two and and it would have been accompanied by 
the analysis based on their interview with me with well we you know this ignorant lieutenant saw you know thinks he saw this but we were pretty sure it was why and of course it was why because it was inconvenient to have this particular item in this location and that 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 that's how that works i mean if if you don't if they don't want to hear and if they don't want to hear it they 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 move they will move to put that un inconvenient narrative or part of the narrative into a into a separate box and try to discount it. See, Lou, that's the difference between books and mo- movies in real life. Uh, I know you've, well, I suspect you wrote, you, uh, uh, well, you probably saw it on TV, but if you uh, read the book, it was a lot better, The Winds of War. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pug Henry, all, all his, he said the difference between him and other people when he was coming up through the Navy was if he saw something whether it was inconvenient or not, instead of just having a few drinks and going home and passing out, he would write he would write up a summary of what he saw before he before he passed out, basically, which obviously is different than most people. And he would do stuff like, uh, "I just heard specs of the new Japanese torpedo, and if that's the case, we need to increase the the, the armor belts on these ships, you know, X to be able to deal with it." And he'd, he'd send these letters off, and of course. In, in the in the book, it made it sound like people congratulated him for that, but I'm thinking in, in real life they probably wouldn't <laughs> necessarily. Well, I mean, this was this was interestingly enough. This is one of the reasons why you saw Roosevelt move certain people, like non-State Department people, into positions where they could be they could be observers for him. Yeah. Because he simply did not trust the bureaucracy he, he was to a, give him an accurate picture. He was a master at getting information. From people other than the normal channels, exactly. And I mean, if you, if you, I mean, a classic example is uh, Eric Larson's uh, book in the Garden of Beasts, which is is a reference to uh, Berchtesgaden in uh, uh, Berlin, uh, and it's it's a a discussion of uh, um, the American ambassador to Germany, who was this German professor from the University of Chicago, who was not a State Department guy, who was plucked. Out of out of his you know mundane life and dropped into the middle of Germany, and provided a fascinating account of the rise of Adolf Hitler in 1933 yeah. when he was when he was placed there, and and again he was, you know the minute the, the minute that stuff happens, the, your bureaucratic your bureaucratic interests start to circle around this this person and begin to isolate him. And try to keep him keep his information from getting to the decision maker, because he's not one of us. You know, he doesn't have the State Department uh, best interests at, at heart, and and they they try to they try to segregate him off. And and this is another factor in the intelligence collection game. When you get this document that Mike delivers, you're looking at it going, okay, whose whose bureaucratic ox is being gored by by the release of this particular information and under what circumstances. And so so one of the interesting things that we see in this current leak, because it seems to be slanted sort of toward a, an anti-Ukraine area, uh, uh, circumstance, is is you see the, the uh, mainstream press starting to surface this thought that, well, this is from some QAnon guy or some 4chan, some 4chan, uh, aficionado, who's uh, you know an isolationist and is more importantly not a Democrat, 
and therefore we have to start, you know, focusing well, there's, there's on definite what pushback from some the people. Damaging thing it is. There's definitely some pushback on some people because the the government of Ukraine is as or was as corrupt, maybe it still is, as maybe the government of Russia in terms of money. But somehow it's okay for Russia to take it over and kill people. And boy, I, I just can't make that leap. But just before we go to break here, Louis, I remember uh, way back, I mean, it's old now, the uh, the book, The Hunt for Red October. Oh, I've read that thing like 10 times, yeah. Well, was it time? Was that Tom Clancy? Tom Clancy. Clancy was his first. It was his first novel. Well, he uh, he was talking about dragged in, sort of like you. Oh yeah, he, no, that's exactly right. He was he was dragged in, and they were grilling him on where he got all this information. And at one point, he got so pissed off, he basically said, "You guys are idiots." He pulled out a copy of Jane's Fighting Ships. He says, "Read it. It's all in here." <laughs> they, they, exactly. They, yeah. They, the they, idea, and, and this goes back again to that mosaic issue. He assembled pieces of information from all over in classified sources and put that into a picture that was frighteningly accurate. Well, but James Fighting Ships goes out every year, right? Yep. I mean, and it's yeah, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I, I, used to, I used to have uh, James uh, All the World Aircraft. Yeah, I mean, where, where, does, where do they get all that stuff? I mean, it's, wow, I mean, and they... Well, you know, Aviation Week in Space Technology was the preeminent magazine back in the, back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And and the stuff that they had, I mean, they used to publish. They used to publish satellite photos from you know from I mean before you could get satellite photos of of Russian aircraft to the extent that they began to refer to it as aviation leak and space technology. God, SP Futures up four, Nasdaq Futures up thirty eight. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. 
Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom we got Andrew on the board. we got Lou Michaels with us. The S&P futures are up 575. This is uh, very strange. We're going to go through this here uh, from yesterday with Lou here in a second. In our, our keeping with classified stuff. Uh, NASDAQ futures are up 41. Dow futures are up a uh, whole six, so not much there. Uh, in, the, in the Dow, I've got a lot of stuff that didn't even trade, which is weird. We've got markup with buck seventy-five. Nothing else is uh, really moving at all. Over there, over in Europe, the DAX up five. Call that flat. Markets have been relatively slow lately. Uh, FTSE up one. Uh, call that flat. CAC around up seventy-six. That's a full percent. That's uh, interesting that they would be such an outlier like that. Uh, over in Asia, we've got the Kneecap 74.2%, the Hang Seng up 34.2%, Shanghai down 9.3%, so kind of mixed and, mixed and muted there as well. Yesterday we finished the Dow down 38, the S&P down 16, but the Nasdaq was almost down a percent at 102. Uh, so after a huge spike up in the morning when the numbers first came out, I'm going to go through that with Lou for a second. Uh, bonds unchanged 3.43, Bund unchanged 2.37, Japan uh, 0.47, uh, it's un- they're all unchanged, so that, we're waiting for the PPI number today, but it's not as big a mover normally as a CPI. Oil, down 45 cents, but still 82.81. Rent down 49 cents, 86.84. Natural gas up 1 cent, 2.11. We've got gold, which continues to creep up. Now it's up 15.90, 2040. We've been long gold the whole way, and I kind of flattened out here. I wonder if we should reload it. Might have to. Silver up 27 cents, 25.73. We've got Bitcoin up 353 over 30,000 again, 30,228. And the U.S. dollar, which we've been talking about really all week, is down again today. We've got the euro is at 110, and the pound is over 125. So dollars going down. Uh, if you have dollars in your pocket, uh, they're not as worth as much as they used to be. Andrew, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? All right. It is uh, 636 here in Chicago on April 13th. Uh, starting off with some baseball. Got a couple things here. First off, the White Sox lost to the Twins, ending their game 3-1. Last night, the Mariners won over the Cubs, unfortunately, ending their game 5-2. And finally, the Diamondbacks over in Arizona won over the Brewers, ending their game 7-3. 
Moving over to some basketball. Just got the Bulls last night when they won. Ending their game right at the end. 109 over 105. Massive comeback. Great game. Oh, yeah. Now over to weather in Chicago. We are currently at 57 degrees. Going to have a high of 80 today. And clear skies, so it's going to be pretty nice. Maybe a little bit windy, but good skies out there. Over in Phoenix, they're at 67 degrees. Clear skies. Maybe a little bit of clouds. Uh, but it's going to be 81 degrees high. And finally now for Chicago traffic. Uh, it looks like traffic is about usual today. No major accidents to report. Uh, however, on the inbound, Stevenson, Eisenhower, Kennedy, and the 94. There's going to be some traffic coming in from there, but it looks like it's nothing out of the usual. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. Uh, yeah, well, the, I remember the, uh, well, who knows, you know, it was, it was, a, was a book, obviously. Uh, the Winds of War, the whole thing with, with Pug Henry was that he was, what, he was the naval attache in Berlin. Same time you're well, talking he, about, 33, 34? In Berlin and then uh, in Moscow. He right. he developed a facility for the Russian language, which uh, caused him to be able to pretty much translate verbatim what was going on around him in Moscow. And he ended up, I mean, the guy, obviously, you, you get to write about people like this, but he ended up, you know, he ended up talking to Stalin and, you know, Molotov and the rest of them. And, well, if and you're in the, if you're in the embassy, you end up meeting these people. That's what they do all night. Go meet people. Stovepiping, yeah, stovepiping the stuff. Well, he was he was privy to uh, he was privy to all kinds of conversations that you know you you typically wouldn't have with a with a foreign leader, and uh, particularly not somebody who was as suspicious as, as Stalin. Anyway, it, it was a. It was a, a good read. Um, I thought I thought it was a little implausible, but oh but well, sure. Wauk, Wauk was such an effective writer that. Uh, but it know, was and, a and I I pretty much I will forgive Herman Wauk anything for for his writing in exchange for his writing the Kane Mutiny, which which I think is is one of the best, um, one of the best movies that about war and about management and about leadership that I've uh, that I've ever seen. Well, it was it was a way uh the, the part about, you know, Roosevelt the fans or unfans, but he was he was uh the main the main story, well not the main story, but the key, key was that somehow Roosevelt found out about Pug Henry being the naval attaché in in uh Berlin and under the guise of God knows what he ended up having him and a bunch of other people over for dinner, which he did evidently two, three nights a week in the White House to get people from the outside over for dinner. I don't know. I, I bet Biden doesn't do any of that, but maybe he does. Uh, I don't know who'd show up for Trump's dinners, but anyway, it's a different world. But he would have these big these White House dinners with 20 people there, and they'd all talk, and he, of course, would pontificate Roosevelt. But then afterward, he would kind of, after they had drinks, he'd, he'd have somebody basically say, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? So the, the purpose that nobody even knew, because Pug Henry was all about, why am I even here? And all of a sudden, he puts him aside, and then Pug's going, like, what the hell is this all about? And uh, he said, look, what I want you to do over there, I know you're talking to the German naval guy, because naval guys talk to each other. Be go figure. You go over drink together, right? Isn't that what people do, uh, Lou? I mean, he said, I want to know everything that's going on that, that changes. If all of a sudden they go from the, the submarine plant is working one shift, if they go to two shifts, I want to know about it. Something he would probably never get through his... And he said, I want you to put the letter in the diplomatic pouch directly to me. Nobody even here will see it until I see it. So Pug's like, wait a minute. I don't want to go outside the chain of command. They'll bounce me out of 
if my admiral do, doesn't thinks I'm writing a letter to you that he doesn't see, I'm going to get bounced. He said, don't worry, I'll take care of the admiral, basically, right, is what he said. Uh, and so he he opened up a direct channel. But he's also the same guy that sent the, uh, what was it, the, the wife's alleged girlfriend. Uh, they plunked her in a car with a driver and sent her all around the country and said, I want you to write. She was a journalist. I want you to write. Yeah. Uh, everything that every section of the country, how bad things are, because he he was getting how exactly. bad is this he depression? Was, he was getting a, he was getting bad intel from his domestic people because because they had as as he recognized they had bureaucratic interests that they were serving that that was coloring what was going up and getting put in front of him. Absolutely. And she, what did she say? It was a toss up between the West Virginia coal miners and the Southern sharecroppers. Who were abs- who were in like the worst shape of anybody? There was a, there was a lot of people in real bad shape. So they were they were the absolute bottom of the barrel. I yeah, can't, I can't imagine. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't. You know, is it is it possible for a president to do that now? I don't know. Is it necessary? I mean, I say absolutely yes, some... absolutely yes. It's necessary. Okay, no, but I mean, I mean to to do to to send your people out. If you're if you're the president and you're reasonably adept at social media. Can you not right. just dial into to Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and do a do a, a review of, you know, what's being written on some of this stuff? It'll probably or be a hell of a lot easier. I mean, I just want to know. I mean, I, just out of personal, I use the term "god," uh, no, not the term "god," but out of pers- personal hygiene situations and stuff. Lou, how the hell if you were driving? If you and I were driving through. Uh, the mountains of Tennessee and some old junk, but the roads not even any good in 1932. Where would we? Where would we go to the bathroom? Where would we eat? Where, where, how would you even do the regular stuff that people like to do at a regular McDonald's? I mean, uh, what you a would just you you would just blunder on until you found you found a place. By the way, I want to I want to point to a headline in the Washington Post. I think it's this morning that says you know Intel leaks are panicking U.S. officials. That. What about that? Well, think about that. Where did that come from? That came that came from somebody inside the administration. And and again, why was that? He- I, I, and, the, and the Washington Post has, has been completely, as far as I'm concerned, has been completely captured by Democratic Party interests. And and so, why was that headline put out? That headline was not put out there with, you know, without coordination with somebody in the administration. I'm not so sure what message it's supposed to be given people. I guess well, it's... that that's my that's my point. You almost never see stuff like that. I mean, I mean even I don't recall seeing panic, the word panic in regard to the Snowden leaks. I mean, they were very serious and and we sort of started acknowledging that, but this, you know, panicked Washington officials. My reaction to that is somebody in the administration told some Washington Post reporter, you can put that in the headline, and we want to. For some reason, we want to convey, you know, how bad that leak was and how accurate the information was, and so that's being conveyed to to you know the reader saying, "Oh my God, this must really really be serious." Well, that tells me immediately that maybe it's not so serious. That maybe that's just a message we want to put out there. Well, nothing, because if it was serious, we wouldn't want to put that. Well, I'm about to, out I'm about to introduce right? you to something in the CPI number with the same sort of thing. But my favorite headline ever was was one some financial crisis somewhere, 
uh, in the last 20 some years because it was where I'm living now and I, I went by the, the onion and so something had just crapped out I don't know it was oil or whatever it was and the onion guess what the headline was America desperately seeking another bubble yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like you know what? I'm sitting there going, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we are we are seeking something else. We can all make a bunch of money on it. It's worth something. But hey, you're talking about shifting uh, information. I don't know if you had a chance to listen yesterday. I while while the CPI number came out yesterday and it was better than expected. Of course, everything you re- read all day subsequently was how inflation is being tamed more than blah blah blah. Well, I'm I'm sure Lou that you have you have recognized that in the last, maybe not in Denver, but in the last two weeks, gas prices have shot up again. Now, of course, gas gets way too much push on inflation because that's the number. It's the only thing in the world where you drive by and see the prices as you're driving, right? So so let me just tell you, what happened here with the Denver Post, which of course is, is has been institutionally captured by the Democratic Party as well, put out a, a headline saying, well, you know, inflation is down, but it's not down as much here as it is in other places. We had a refinery go down here that that supplied something like 30 or 40 percent of the refined gasoline from the, the mountain state area, and it, it shut down for three or four, for like three months, and our gas prices went through the roof, and um, it it's still, they're still higher than, you know, than they should be, but but they're dropping slowly. But they're dropping more slowly than they are at the national. Do you guys have a summer level. blend? I'm sorry. Do you guys have a summer blend? Oh yeah. Well, then now you got a problem with that because you can't just. You would think that if it's forty cents higher, and I've got what is it? How many gallons are in a truck? Fifteen thousand or something? I don't know. Eight thousand. Uh, you would think if I get forty or fifty cents more per gallon, I'm going to take the thing from Omaha and drive it to Denver and, and unload it. If you know, you would think. If you could, I don't know if you can, but uh, anyway, I think what uh, Lou, no, uh, not what you're Lou, what Carl keeps talking about is they pick up a lot of these numbers the third week of the month. And the thing that mystifies me on the CPI are the adjustments on here. I'm not going to go through the whole thing like I did yesterday, but the number came out and the X food and energy was right where everybody expected. It was 0.4%, right? So if you multiply that by 12, you're still talking about almost 5% a year. And that's, that's assuming you take these guys' numbers verbatim, which I don't. But if you now if you look at the energy piece, you say to yourself, "Well, wait a minute, gas is up the last two weeks." But I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a break. Three weeks ago, it was a lot lower than it is now. So if that's the number they're picking up, that number is not going to show in yesterday's numbers. I mean, I, I guess I get that. However, here, Lou, the the gasoline all types last month the the real number that they gather, which has got to be one of the easiest numbers to get to gather, was one percent up on the month okay so it's up one percent month over month what do you suppose the adjusted number that they put into the that they talked about yesterday on the tv what do you suppose the adjusted number was i i literally have no idea minus 4.6 so somebody put yep an almost six percent adjustment on gasoline so you have people that go out there and gather these numbers up and they say Lou, here's the number. Eh, I don't like that one. <laughs> We're going to go and... My, where, does, where does that guy or lady... First of all, who the hell are they? Secondly... Well, well, well t- Tom, this goes back to that discussion you and I had, what was it, a month ago, where we were talking about how, you know, how news gets reported up the food chain. So this number comes in, 
and and somebody looks at it somebody in the bureaucratic system looks at it and goes well this politically is going to be bad so they call the white house or they call their contact in the administration and say this this is the number and it's not going to look good and and the instruction comes down either either internally or or you know from outside again with the, with the white house team saying okay you've got to you've got to make an adjustment to that figure out some way to to flagellate that that number so that it it doesn't look quite so bad and and in a in a really efficient operation which i believe as i said most most of the federal bureaucracy is is in full democratic party capture you know in a in a in a smooth operation they don't even have to make the phone call you know it's like it's like being in chicago where where you don't you know the garbage the garbage men tear up the or pick up the uh the campaign signs for opposing candidates they don't even have to the alderman that's running doesn't even have to tell them to do that they know to do it their bosses know to do it well you know your buddy claude rains what do you say the political winds are growing blowing from vichy yes yeah and 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 that's you you don't even have to you don't even have to make that correction so this this kind of stuff and 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 to go back to our initial discussion point you know it it there are layers on layers on layers in these kinds of reports when i see a headline like washington dc you know officials panicking over leaked intel my immediate reaction now is to say that headline's been sculpted by somebody in the in the administration or in the intelligence community we might well be panicking but the fact that we want to communicate that is is of much more interest to me than the whatever the the actual intelligence leak was and so and so you know you you could well have some captive journalist and i think all the post journalists are captive some captive journalist who who has been been told by uh by an, an intelligence agency person listen put this put this in the headline because this will help this will help us either identify who the leaker was or it'll help the administration you know talk about treason when we finally catch this guy because we think he might be a republican or he might be some a member of you know the proud boys or something like that and so we want to do as much damage it's important to us well how do you get how do to you do as much damage to our internal political pe- enemies as it is anybody on the outside why do i why do i get this odd feeling Lou? and by the way if i was closer to it you know like you and mike uh, obviously were and probably still are i mean i i know that you shouldn't be nobody should be kicking out out secrets yet it seems to me that you know what did uh Speaking about Hunt for Red October, every little revolution every now and then is is a good thing. It, someplace, somewhere, even though I don't I don't like the guy at all, you almost need a Snowden every thirty years to just belch out all this stuff, a lot of stuff, and just just have people realize all the crappy stuff their government's been doing and hi- and hiding from you. I mean, a lot a lot of what. Snowden popped out there. Should not have been popped out there. It was it was classified. Snowden, Snowden was a Russian agent. I know. I, I'm saying he's not. I'm not. I'm not. But it seems to me that sometimes, somewhere, some of this stuff has been hidden from the light of day that shouldn't have been hidden from the light of day. Oh, I I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I mean the fact <clears throat> the fact that we we've been conducting, you know, our own our own government's been conducting disinformation operations against our citizens that they've been working to to suppress free expression 
all of that needs to be out in the in the light of day. Yeah, the, I do that the too. fact the fact that we were conducting, you know, that that we've been we've been, uh, you know, pick pick whatever the Contras, you know, in Nicaragua that we were funding, you know, a, a counter revolution operation against a democratically elected government in Chile. Um, you know that I don't have a problem with that information getting out there. What what I what I would expect, and this is, you know, the the once you get once you get up to these these more lofty positions, I think that the the Beltway culture basically says that the American people are too stupid to to know what's in their best yeah. interests, and we have to protect them from that. Well, I mean, I don't want to have uh, Andrew, if you know how to do it, start playing you know Andy and Mayberry, but. Honestly, Lou, I don't. I when I was doing the uh, stuff at Pullman, the CPI number, what, 1978, 79. Who the hell was even president? Was that Carter? Carter. Um, I don't. The thought. I mean, I, I was using doing the you know adjustments of, for uh, cost of living for, and all the different contracts we had, and even the labor agreements. Other than the very end of Volcker's reign when the CPI numbers are always a little lagging, the last few months I actually thought labor was getting a bigger raise than they should. The whole rest of the time they, they were behind. But it, ne- it always struck me that, you know, the inflation rate was 12%. The money supply was growing about 12%. And, uh, you know, people were getting 12% in the, in the bank. That I never really thought that the numbers were skewed, that they weren't, which isn't to say they could have been 11 or 13 that month. I would never have known. But it seemed like they, they were pretty much... The same as what Pullman was paying extra for stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm looking for, we actually are paying, you know, 10% more for this or 12%. So the adjustments, I don't think, I mean, as, as much as the poor guy's ready to croak any day now, but I don't think Jimmy Carter had, you know, issues as a president. I don't think in, a, in, a ba- in, in, in Carter's brain, people that age, I don't think Jerry Ford, I don't think those guys would ever have thought to say, you got to cook the CPI numbers to make me look good. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think those guys thought that way. I mean, now they do. It appears whether whether they thought that way, I'm guaranteeing you that their bureaucratic, the, the people working in the bureaucracies thought that way. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know that the, the the person putting the numbers together in 1978 just didn't do it legit. Now it seems like they're always looking for some some kind of edge. I mean, where you can't even. What what if you Lou had, if we were in a construction business that had a 10 year. A building we were building or some crap, and we had this, the current CPI, we'd be out of business. And what we're paying for the last ten years from what the CPI is telling us, we'd be getting no adjustments. What do you, what do you suppose our prices would be up in ten years? Fifty percent on everything? Yeah. Well, I, I I mean that that is that is the issue, and and it 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 goes back to you know what's the utility of these of these numbers, and how do we you know how do we how do we deal with them? I and, and again, fundamental fundamental issue. When that when that number arrives on your desk, or you see that that re- government agency report in the press, your first your first question I know yours is is okay. Is this a reliable number? And who is again whose ox is being gored, or or being prevented from being gored by this number coming out the way it is? Lou, the people that get hurt. Are the people that are doing this, the stupid stuff, like actually building the houses, building the yes. railroad cars? The people who are getting hurt are people like you and me and the listeners, and the people who don't get hurt are always some group that we don't even seem to be able to break into or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Oh no, I, I think that's I think that's absolutely uh, absolutely correct. Okay. Two four four minutes. 
who who are the Bears gonna gonna draft and what are they doing? Uh, well, I think they'd like to get the guy from Georgia, but the character issues have been swirling here. Uh, which was that the defensive lineman? Yeah, the guy was in the the, the drag race where somebody got killed. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, I, have you seen the video on that? Oh God, no. I didn't. Know. Do I want to? A well, video? no. I mean, it's, it's nothing. It's not the crash itself. The crash itself was was horrific, and you can look at the pictures. No, this is of them driving, driving through. Um, I think driving through through downtown, you know, Athens, at like high rates of speed. I mean, it was just it was just dumb. It it it's you know the lack of poor impulse control and all the, all the other stuff. Um, but they could they could they could bring him in. I mean, you and I've talked about this. I have yet to meet a I have yet to meet an NFL coach or, or any professional coach who who doesn't believe you can uh, you know he he's the guy to fix this. Oh yeah, well they're talking about him. They're talking about maybe a tackle. But there's there's a few there's there's an interior defensive lineman that's supposed to be off the chart too. Is he is he Alabama or is he where is he from? There, there's some good choices at at nine. What, I, what I think, yeah. What what I think is interesting, and I, I I'm hoping they do is they they get they get some protection for Fields, so that he actually has time to set up and survey the field, you know, and pick well, out his receivers. Well, Lou, you know the, the the story is it's always that's the same story up here. Well, you know you know the story is that uh, they say we're going to go for the best athlete available, and, and inevitably, the one good player you have is at the same position as the best player available, and you got you got to think twice about it. The Bears are safe. There, there's there's no spot other than maybe yeah, quarterback that's right. <laughs> that they have to worry about an incumbent. <laughs> you know, may, they probably wouldn't. I'll, I'll I'll be a little nicer. They probably wouldn't be searching dramatically for a defensive back because their defensive backfield has a lot of young, good young players in it. You probably unless somebody was really really good, but that that leaves you with what eighteen positions. Just pick the best guy. <laughs> what is um. What's the uh, what's the estimated time of arrival for them in uh, Arlington? I I'm still convinced they're not going there. I can't. I don't. I don't see that happening, Lou. I think they're gonna they're gonna push as far as they can to get whatever they can from uh, from uh, government. And if it's not overwhelmingly where they don't have to come up with much of anything, I just I, I don't see. I, I think I think if I were if I were Bears management, this latest election would tell me I got to get the hell out of Chicago. Well. The looter paying six six and a half million dollars a year in rent. What's the revenue for an NFL team? Two hundred million, hundred fifty. I mean, for God's sake. Oh, I know, I know. It's it's cheap, but it's but it number one, it's not making any money for them directly. Well, but, and number two, but you okay, know, as, I, as I mentioned to fifteen people over cocktails, how can, why would it make money for them? They don't own it. <laughs> I mean, no, that's what I mean. Well, but I mean, they don't they own it. They don't own it for a reason. They don't want to own it. And they could. But see, this is this is the mindset. You you want to own your stadium. And and maybe all the stuff all the stuff around. Trust me, this is the mindset. I, whether it's correct in investment terms, I don't know, but this is the this is the mindset. And if I'm if I'm Chicago, if if I'm the Bears, I look at this latest election and I say to myself, we are not going to be able to bring our people into an environment that they are going to perceive as safe for years with these morons that, that just what do you mean? They, go there to, they go there to play a game. Hell's Hall's in Lake Forest. Uh, but I'm talking about going to play the game. That's what I mean. But, the, you know, the fan experience. The fan experience is going to be fine. 
even the fan experience it's going to be the same let's put it that way it's it's well but the perspective of the fan experience is what matters and and if if people say to themselves i'm not going to go into Lou, it's the hardest Chicago, it's the hardest ticket to get probably it is i i, I believe let's, you let's talk about this next week because it, it blends into and we don't have time we don't have any time uh what Carl's talking about is how you, how, what you, the Bears are trying to, to, to pile into this ridiculous economic policy we've had for the last few years for the big people, yep. where you can essentially borrow money under the inflation rate. For some people can, the rest of the people can't, and you want to be in that group. But the idea of somebody putting up a thing, and this is going to cost five billion dollars. I mean, don't don't kid yourself. Maybe six. Oh no, but, I know. So in, in, in a normal time where you're paying 6% of that I'm, I'm going to say the Bears no team can write a $300 million check either in, either implied or for real and expect to make money on a football team on a, on a, day, on a year-to-year basis but now if you're, if you're borrowing the money at 2% and the inflation's 5 then you're banking on 10 years from now selling it to some other schmuck for $20, 20 billion. So, but if, 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 you, if you get rid of that, but let's talk about next week because it's, it's a fascinating question well, on yeah, every we, level we can we can we can look at what's happening with, but we're talking uh, about a family the, the oldest the oldest team in football has never owned anything Lou. all they've done is pay is make a lot of money for the family and pay a cheap lease for a hundred years right? I, I i i agree and and everybody everybody knows the bears the bears are the cheapest team in the nfl SBP, and, but and another thing if they move out there you can offer jacksonville soldier field at six million a year and and, and they'll, they'll they'll burn tires getting here that's probably. I agree with that too. SB, SB Futures unchanged. I, I'd say go. You're not. You're no longer the Chicago Bears. It's going to be the the Chicago Jaguars. You can be the Arlington Park Bears. Go. That's what I'd say. SB Futures down a quarter. Nasdaq Futures up ten. I'm tired of giving money to, to rich people, Lou. I really am. We'll be right back, Mr. Dan Janitas. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gave for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. 
Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Hello, everybody. Stocks and jocks. Time tomorrow. Andrew on tomorrow. Andrew on the board. SP futures up 50 cents. The Asian futures up 12. If we're Pretty much down yesterday after a massive spike up on the CPI numbers. We're waiting for the PPI numbers at the bottom of the hour here. Do we have the uh, Professor Dan? Yeah, I'm here. How are yes. you, buddy? Good, how are you? I'm all right, except I, uh, I should have had my little pinky on the uh, the sell button yesterday when that number came out because I was looking at the, uh, uh, at the actual statistics, and as soon as I saw this massive adjustment in this energy number, I knew the number was a, was a bad number and uh, that we would turn around. I, of course, didn't, and I don't trade for my clients before the opening, but uh, I, boy, oh, boy, what a, what, a, what a layup that one was. And I never, I never say that about a trade, you know that, but I'm saying this one, I go, I'm reading this adjustment on the energy line. I'm going, I'm not going to be the only person that reads this. As soon as everybody yeah. reads this, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna sell this thing, and sure enough, they did. And But what's interesting is, is since, you know, that – the numbers are always are in hindsight, you know, and and looking forward, we're already seeing a you know a shift in energy prices um, to the upside. You know, we're seeing uh, oil uh, production cuts, and we're 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 seeing um, you know soon to see higher gas prices and all that. So it may be a seasonal thing, you know, pre-summer, but um, I think it's likely that we're going to see uh, oil move in the other direction here soon. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they're going to cover that number next month. Yeah, exactly. What do you think the PPI comes out at? I, I've been kind of noticing just anecdotally uh, the, as people complain about price going up. In the last six, eight weeks, Dan, just from me milling about and listening to conversations that maybe I shouldn't, uh, the the biggest bitch now coming out of people is in services and not in... Yes. It's it's the... I just, some guy just quoted me like five grand for two windows or something like that. I mean, it's that that's the kind of... The, the gouging on the part of... Uh, as people trying to do stuff on their homes now that the weather's getting better and stuff, the gouging on that end is huge. I won't say gouging; I already did. Uh, price increases, shall we say? All of a sudden, it's 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 worked its way through to the to the service people. And it, I mean, you were talking about your your pool person. Hey, oh, by the way, before I forget, yesterday I said something about uh, Uber taking seventy percent of the drivers' n- number. They don't. They take like twenty-five or thirty. The driver gets seventy. So I was wrong on that. Sorry about that. All right, sorry, Dan. 
So what do you I mean? What are you seeing? I mean, you are, you're in a unusual area, and that you have the obviously the hurricane came through. So other than people moving in there to do uh, work for people, I have to believe the current people could charge whatever they damn well please. And yeah, and they are, and and we're seeing a you know it's really a a tremendous amount of activity, construction activity, uh, reconstruction activity. Um, certainly. Um, we're, you know, um, people in my neighborhood are all paying up and we're waiting long periods of time, um, much more so than you would if we hadn't had a hurricane. So, yes, I totally agree with you on the service side, um, you know, especially on the construction side, that there's a lack of help. And that's been the number one thing, uh, you know, in talking to contractors, whether they be landscape services or roofers or the, the difficulty is finding the help and as a result having to pay up for that and materials being higher so that all combined and it isn't just happening in our area that's happening nationally so that's going to keep upward pressure on inflation and that's why you know the there, there's all this talk of a pivot which i really don't believe will happen this year i think what's going to happen is we're going to continue to see um, inflation and, and the other area where we're seeing it, you know, just really just recently in the last few weeks is the last few times I've been to the out to eat or at the grocery store. I mean, prices are still going up. Oh, yeah. It hasn't, yeah, food inflation has not stopped. And I did hear, looking again in hindsight, that the numbers for food, you know, look like they're coming down a bit, but, but we're certainly not seeing that. Um, I'm not seeing it at local restaurants, I'm not seeing it at local grocery stores. There may be certain items. But as a whole, if you look at your total bill, um, it's it's going up still. So, and like you said, I think it's where people can that they are increasing prices, and and it's become a trend. One interesting um, thing that kind of caught my attention was on the local news in, in Southwest Florida. There was talk about a, I think it was a, uh, I'm going to say it was a ice cream, but it wasn't um, business that had been around for for a number of years. And the story that was being told is that suddenly these people, after three years, have to pay taxes for the first time. Well, they, their PPP money allowed them to get refunds to the extent, you know, as high as ten and fifteen thousand dollars the last few years. And now this year, oh, guess what? They're going to have to pay a couple thousand dollars. And I'm thinking our business, we didn't get PPP money. Our business continued as usual, and I'm paying self-employment tax and other taxes. So. I think what happened here is just the fact that the mindset has shifted so dramatically that people who are used to getting this money, and I'm not saying they didn't deserve it, especially during periods when they were closed, but now that we're getting past this period, there has to be some shifting in mindset to realize, okay, we're back to, you know, the, the costs that we may not have anticipated happening. You know, they, you know, I think a lot of people waited, and now their material costs have gone up, and their and they're, they're losing their PPP money. So what does that mean for a Main Street business? Well, it means they're probably going to have to hike rates to stay in business. Again, more upward pressure on inflation. So we're just not seeing a way that inflation comes down meaningfully at the national level or on Main Street. Well, the, 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 the real inflation, um, you're right. I, I do think that the, uh, of course, now they just pumped all this money back in, so it's hard to even make this statement. But I think the... The, the the rate of inflation uh, going up uh, has stopped to to a legitimate degree, but the price level is still moving around, like you say, and and the, the, and, and, and prices change move move health you know it's a healthy thing for prices to go up and down within yes. within a, a general inflation level. 
And there's two, there's two issues. One is, is there inflation because I need a roof and there's only one roofer? Well, that's inflation to you, but, but it might not be inflation to everybody, right? I mean, it's, it, but I mean, you see some of the stuff, uh, and like you say, the PPP put some people out of business. And I also think there's less competition. There's there's a lot of places yes, that are out of business. Absolutely, and absolutely. It, and I think that I think that's a, that's really a, a big uh, point, Tom. That that competition is really what keeps prices down. Right. And and that and 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 there has been less competition, and that kind of covers a broad range. It doesn't just cover small businesses. It covers the fact that companies are having trouble hiring new people. Small businesses are having trouble hiring new people, so we don't have the level of competition that we've seen in the past. That's been a positive thing for um, keeping inflation under control. But uh, I think a lot of it, Dan, is because uh, we're seeing it here in Chicago, and we're seeing it in my my nephews in the uh, uh, steel fabricating business, and he has a buddy who's an iron worker and works on you know when they're doing a road or a building or something, and you, and you look at these things. And I think a lot of it has to do with you're not for some reason they don't they don't hire younger people they don't hire people in college anymore I don't I don't get that I mean we we're going to do every roadway in Chicago this summer I don't know if there's any place you can go as an able-bodied 18 year old and say I'll be a laborer and start working tomorrow for 20 bucks an hour I mean you used to be able to do that uh, now somehow or another there's only 15 people working on a 20 mile stretch of road and they're pushing it as long as they can and I you know I don't know and they still get somehow a, a bonus for, for finishing early when it takes eight years to finish. I mean, it's all screwed up, but I don't, I don't think that you're, if, if you're going to see people come to do carpentry in Florida, it's probably going to be some older guys that are semi-retired and say, well, I'll do one or two more jobs because look how many jobs are out there. You're not going to get a bunch of young people who are sitting there with bachelor's degrees, maybe not doing anything, saying, I'm going to become a carpenter and learn how to do this. I mean, the, the, the shift over is just it's not happening. I think in, in Chicago, you found a lot of people, uh, especially maybe minority people, uh, Hispanics a lot, to be to be blunt, uh, that would work in restaurants, and all of a sudden they're helping their their uncle uh, doing remodeling or doing landscaping, and they're making three times as much. They're not going well, back to the restaurant. Right. They're making a lot more money, and, yeah. and, and no, no no question about it. And there's. Um, you know, also, I think some of it goes back to schools, and I know some of the programs that were taken out, like, like, you know, wood shop and, and, and the programs that you learn in high school, or at least you had exposure to in high school, aren't there. I still push for a course in basic personal finance in, in, uh, in high school, in grade school and in high school. I think that would be really important, um, you know, as part of the, as part of, um, the kids' education. But, but um, I guess one other thing, you know, sort of the... Um, what happens in an environment like this though is that it does create some opportunities on the investment side and we've seen a lot of shifts in, in uh, interest rates and one thing I want to point out because we've been talking about T-bills for, for quite a while now and we were buying four month four month T-bills at 510 5.1% the other day and they've moved around a lot but there is some August 2023 and um, 8823 T-bills that are paying more than 5%. So if you got a four-month paying more than 5%, you might want to lock away some of your money. Now, now some of the firms like Interactive Brokers are paying 4.3 on cash, but that's only if you have a, a good size minimum. But if you if you have some money that you want to you know you want to put aside for four months, if you're saving for a home or a car, 
you know, why not lock it into something that's guaranteed and get that that extra yield? That's a that's an opportunity we have right now that I, I think a lot of people and especially younger people have not been aware of for the last 13 years because we really haven't seen rates this high. So I think there's an opportunity to take advantage of that. There still is a push for yield though. And one thing that I'll say that's very interesting is with high yield bonds, which is one of our areas of specialty, we're seeing the spreads, <clears throat> we're seeing the additional yield you get over treasuries narrow. And it goes against the fact that there's talk about a recession coming. So why would there be tightening in high yield spreads when there's all this talk of recession and potential defaults? So I don't think that's happening. I think that's off the table. I, I, I think that we're gonna continue to see this slower level of growth and, it, and hopefully it'll be contained. And with that, I think there are some opportunities on the equity side. If you look at just some industrial companies that have sold off pretty significantly. Um, and one of them um, I'm gonna mention as, a, as an idea is uh, Northwest Pipe, ticker symbol NWPX. And they make the steel pipes for water. Their main, their main, um, uh, their main uh, focus is, is on water pipes, pipe, you know, steel pipes for water. Uh, these guys, uh, the stock price had sold off about 25% for no apparent reason, um, other than some liquidity issues um, with the stock, not with the company. And I've met with management several times in the last few weeks and think, you know, these guys have a really fantastic management team. They're in a, a niche part of the market that is likely to do well because a large part of their uh, customer base are municipalities that are expanding or they may be builders who are expanding um, and there you know so there there are opportunities like uh, Northwest we had talked about a local company in in uh, outside of Chicago called rel electronics and that's a company we still really like that we have an opportunity as the stock price had sold off there somewhat significantly recently now the reason for these sell-offs is not bad news in the companies the reason is there's a um, concerns about liquidity and I am seeing liquidity coming back in and I don't mean liquidity at the organization but trading liquidity so if if there are a couple of large holders that sell and the large holders might be an ETF it may not be right. an institution and as a result you see this price drop those are opportunistic purchases. Those are times to, to be purchasing opportunistically because these companies have incredible balance sheets, lots of liquidity, top tier management teams. But you can have all you can have all that. Are, you can have all that and your stock price can just be too high. Yes, and that well and that can be and, and, and so this this repricing that it has occurred sort of across the board. I mean it occurred already on the on the tech side and it's occurring on the industrial side as well but it's creating some opportunities for long-term investors. One other name that I think I touched on last week was another firm that where I've met the management, I, I think are top-notch, guys originally from Chicago, um, Alamo Group, which is based in um, Texas. They're, they uh, manufacture industrial equipment um, and vegetation equipment, so they do large mowers, um, you know, for, large, for, for mowing, um, and they also do. These are these uh, are guys example, used to be. Those are guys used to be from Chicago. Those no, are, the guy is from Chicago. They're based in Texas. Okay, but he's from Chicago. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, br I'm bringing the ties all back to Chicago because this is, seems to be where, you know, Chicago seems to be where, you, where we have a lot of um, top talent in the management side. I think the, you know, the especially in the industrials and, and in certain um, areas where uh, materials, where these companies have been around for, for years and years and the people have been around for a while and they have the level of experience in running these companies to deal with the downturns in the market and the changes in the market. And, and so again, looking at management, we like to see management teams that are experienced. We like to see management teams that were in the industry themselves. Um, they're, you know, the guy that runs Northwest uh, Pipe that I just spoke about was an engineer for 25 years, you know, was in steel, um, the steel business. So he really understands the product. And again, I think looking at those things that are kind of going one step beyond just uh, looking at a technical, but looking at some of the, looking at the people who are running these companies and looking for long-term uh, outperformance. Well, Dan, the, uh, I, I think when you, when you give your predictions going forward, they're based on absolutely solid observations and things you've been taught for the last 30 years. I, I'm getting this kind of weird feeling that based on what the Fed has done back and forth and with the COVID and the money slashing, I'm, I'm wondering if, if for a little while the standard way of looking at stuff doesn't work. I mean, it is not maybe as accurate as it normally would be. This this is kind of weird crap. You know what this is almost reminding me of is a, a very minor, I mean, for those that, all you read about is how these banks are pissed off about, well, you know, the one guy yesterday, Cox, in the CNBC wrote that the Fed minutes, they're talking about the bank issues are going to cause uh, part, of a, a part of the recession. Now, the recession has been here, in my mind, the whole way, so that's not yes. going to cause it. But, they, but they're talking about, and, and, and banks are concerned about this, quote, run on, this continual run on banks, which means just what you said. It's, instead of uh, our PTI client, if he has extra money in an account here, we're putting it in a T bill instead of shipping it to him and him putting it in his bank or her. Uh, right. It's, but the, these banks right now should be paying. I'm not talking about you know a, a you know a demand deposit maybe. They should be paying given the inflation rate five and six percent right out of the gate, and they're not. And what's happening is other people are. So the banks back back in the savings and loan fiasco, they were paying. Three and four percent on on passbook savings, back remembers what that is, and they're and they're getting six six and a half on mortgages. You know, and, and the mortgages went up a little bit, so maybe seven and a half eight. All of a sudden, the Fed did what they were doing, Volcker, and these guys are paying just to attract money, which they had to have, otherwise they would the mortgages they would have to sell off. They're paying twelve, okay, and and they're getting six. Well, it doesn't take a lot of strain on the brain to figure out that's not going to last very long. I right. think these guys, to a certain extent, Dan, are in the same spot. To the, to the extent that they, the, the investments on their books are U.S. Treasuries at probably, I'll be generous, one and a half to two. And now all of a sudden, they really, in order to keep people's money there, are going to have to start paying four or five or three or something. Even if they're paying the same amount, all the overhead then goes away, right? Uh, I think they've got almost the same mini catastrophe going as we did in the in the uh, savings and loan crisis yeah and, and then throw on top of that some of the mismanagement that right. you know was taking place at some of the organizations and that's really where I think things could break down further 
Um, although it seems, you know, at least the way the press has been dealing with with some of the issues, with, like with Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic, that in some ways some of that's, you know, they, they're kind of putting that in the rearview mirror. But I do think it's something that we need to pay attention to. Um, and I do agree with you that this, um, I think the management and also to, to remain competitive, um, the banks are going to have to pay these higher rates because I do think these higher rates are here to stay. So again, despite all of this talk of pivot and rate cuts, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Well, I do not think we're going to see the Fed cutting rates as long as we continue to see some inflation and as long as we see unemployment at, at the levels, you know, Three and a half percent is 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 low, and this is there's no there's no catalyst right now to see prices coming down significantly. But I mean, just what we just said, what if you, if you piece together what you've been saying in this half hour and what I just said, what I mean, I'd like to see that the listeners think think of cash flow. Always think of cash flow. I'm, yes, sounding, I'm, sounding, I'm sounding like I'm a I'm a, I'm a I'm a teacher here, which I'm not. Uh, what what we just said. What the end just said is, somebody listening to the show, either should take a look at some of these companies he's looking at, uh, and either buy the buy the damn thing, or send send Dan the money to manage it for you, or send it to PTI so we can buy it for you, or at the very least, say hey, take your two hundred grand out of out of Joe Schmo's bank, ship it over to PTI, and let. Let my brother Dan buy a T bill at five percent or whatever the hell it is. I mean, so what we just said is, we're recommending people to do just what the banking people are are, are afraid to. They're taking money out of my bank. Why are they doing that? Because you're not paying anything, Stanley. What's the matter with you? Why would anybody stay there if they didn't have to? I mean, we just in our little conversation here, we just that's just the way the world works, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and the, and the, and this, you know the. This delay, if you will, and 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 you know, um, keeping rates where they should be, you know, to raising rates to where they should be, and paying their depositors um, these higher rates um, is really only going to, I think, turn off people to, you know, you do get the the insurance up to a certain degree, but T bills are the official risk free rate, so you really don't get any any more, um, you don't get any safer than a T bill by definition. It's the risk free rate, so. I think having a little bit of flexibility, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Again, T-bills allow you to, you can buy and sell at any time. If they run up in price a little, you might, you're going to make more than you, than the yield that you originally um, bought them at. So there's, uh, you know, and, and stay on the short end. That's where the yield is right now. People focus, they start their focus on the two-year, which is at 4%. Look at a at a four-month, at five, more than 5 Why, why is the four-month so much higher than the sixth? I we actually we we have stuff that's, uh, yeah. that's maturing this week, and we need to put some money to work. And I'm glad you told me that. Yeah, there's been a, there's been some you know some shifts on the on the short end of the uh, the very short end of the uh, the curve, and and some of that has to do with the expectations for whether we're going to see another rate hike, and those have come back in the market now. So it, you know we're likely to you know to see 25 basis points in May, unless some other you know, episode happens like a, an SV, you know, like a Silicon Bank between now and, in May, you know, the first week in May, where we're going to see, in, you know, when the Fed meets again, I think we're likely to see another 25 based on the way things look today. So as a result, the short, very short end of the yield curve is already pricing that in. Uh, the longer end is, I think a lot of the reasons that the longer end is, is doing well um, is that the, 
there's one reason is that there's yield you can lock in finally. So if you if you're you know you can do that asset asset liability match, but also there's a lot of money that's still this this flight to safety. So for every person who's talking about an imminent recession, they're gonna there's gonna be somebody who's putting money in in treasuries as a safe haven. I believe, and and if you've been following the metals, that the metals are a good option here to be diversified. If you've looked at if you've seen how silver silver and gold have done recently we've been talking about having an allocation to both silver and gold for a long time um, we have an allocation of copper as well and also a small allocation of uranium which is I think gonna do well when you when you're thinking of batteries for um, electric vehicles uh, going forward so so I think the metals make a good um, well Dan you uh, are you will I, I agree with you. My my uh, my tr- my trader side of me comes out and says, I was one of the well, I was one of the first uh, to to think this uh, gold stuff and silver was a really good buy a couple of years ago, and I'm I'm, I'm shamefaced and and say, look, I was 18 months early, uh, and now it's running up. So instead of buying the GDX at 23, it's 35. We've done really good job chasing. Actually, made yeah. some more on the way up. But I'm not, I, you know, even though now everybody, not just and you've been on. You're not a Johnny come lately. You've been talking about it for at least a year, and you've been right. Your timing was better than mine, I will admit. Uh, but now, you you can't be even though now everybody in TV that's all I talk about. You can't be as gung ho on as GDX at thirty five and a half as you were at twenty five. I mean, it's it's right. got to be. I mean, where do you th- where do you think it goes? Thirty eight, thirty. I mean, I don't see it going to seventy. Do you? Well, if you look at silver, I mean, we, we silver, I, silver, silver I'm with you. I I think silver's the one yeah. that might have some more pop. That's what I would say. I would say shift out of the gold into silver and copper. Maybe I would shift into some of the other metals because I think there is there is room. And again, you're thinking about a diversified portfolio here. You, you have to get you know past just what the the hot stocks or the go go names are, and look at look at making sure you create some some um, protection in your portfolio and some diversification, so that if we do see this downturn that a lot of people are talking about, or a severe downturn that some people are talking about. You'll be protected. At least it'll allow you to sleep well at night. And I believe you're going to make some money in this. As and well. you were, you were. We got a dash here, but you were very remiss by not being in town on uh, on Monday. We had a nice dinner with a couple of people I haven't seen in a while. One used to be on the show, and another one is a good friend that now is uh, um, does a lot of kind of moved a little bit away. And is but anyway, they are very involved in shall we say the stuff that goes on. And I can't I can't say where they're from, but let's put it this way. We had a long discussion about what was going on in the San Francisco Fed and how how much they missed with the Silicon Valley and how and, yeah. and how everybody's very concerned now or, or curious is that just how exactly these people, whoever the people were, were demanding people to keep that much money in one bank and how the connections between the raising of the money in the bank and ownership of the two that's that's real suspicious, Dan. That's real suspicious, and I. I think that the regulators yeah. got a serious black eye, uh, and, I, and I'll bet you that nine tenths of the San Francisco is probably too high. San Francisco Fed's been working from home for three years, and you know what? Screw that. Get these people back to work. Get them doing their job. And what am I? Am I wrong here or what? No, I no, I agree with you. And the other the other thing I agree with you on too is in terms of losing credibility is some of the the trading that has been done by you know say some people in Congress and some. You know some others who are you know either front running um, where they're getting oh, yeah. information and 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 I think you know the, what ends up happening, Tom, in both situations is that 
that individuals and investors lose. Um, you know, th there's some credibility that's lost here, and you and you need to, um, you know, take a, a broader look at the situation. Is there and any? Is there any? That it's could, across could, the board. Is it possible to lose any more credibility and still have some? Yeah, <laughs> I think then it, there it's just called optimism. That's what we're, that's that's just kind of that's my nature, and or or it's caused trying to you know, or it's or it's uh, looking at. Uh, um, you know, kind of shifting your focus to the areas that are working. Other than other than those. liking the Democrat or liking the Republican, if you just happen to be one, this this I, I don't even know if I'd want to be in in, in Congress right now to be, to be to be even in the same room or the same room as these people. What they, what yeah, I agree. I think yesterday, next, like, next week, let's talk about because we got a dash. Was it twenty percent of uh, people in Congress last year were actively trading against stuff? Yeah. Was the report that just came out? I mean, and we don't do that as as investment people. We don't do that. I mean, we no. we we. Have to follow very strict rules, and and, and so do the reporters. And rules are for so us, Dan. Rules are for you, not for them. Even I know that. Uh, there you go. That's <laughs> <laughs> futures up eight. Definitely agree with you on that one. <laughs> that's that's Dan's futures up forty. Dan, have a great week, buddy. Talk at you yeah, next you week. Uh, I'll be right back, Mr. John Flanagan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you! Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 
708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now. Hello, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Andrew on the board. SP Futures now up 10 as we have, a, 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 again, a nice PPI report that if you dig in there, there it pops up again. The 4.7% decrease in energy prices last month, which is a fabrication on somebody. And right away, even if there were, they're right back up again. So we'll see how long this, this report lasts. Other than that, it's, uh, it's right about where everybody expected. Uh, again, SP Futures right now up 9.50 and NASDAQ Futures up 50. Well, all these other numbers fill in here because I got a little bit of delay on the rest of the stuff. Andrew, why don't you do a traffic for the sports? All right, it is uh, starting off with, uh, or sorry, it is 7:37 today here in Chicago on uh, April 13th. Starting off with sports, uh, a couple losses here in Chicago today. The White Sox lost to the Twins, ending their game three to one, and the Cubs lost to the Mariners, ending their game five to two. Over in Arizona, though, they had a win. The Diamondbacks won seven to three over the Brewers. Another win, Chicago, is the Bulls over the Raptors. And in their game, uh, a win pretty close to the end there. Well, they were down like 19 and came back and won the last minute. Yeah, exactly. Pretty good comeback. Over in Chicago, we're at 57 degrees, clear skies, and hopefully it's going to stick around all day. And that's going to have a high of 80 degrees today. Over in Phoenix, we're at 67 degrees, partly cloudy skies. And they're going to have a high of 81 today. Now, finally, to Chicago traffic. Things are about the same as earlier. If anything, traffic just piled up a little bit more on the Stevenson, Kennedy, and the uh, Eisenhower. Uh, but one other new thing to report is uh, pretty far up on Lakeshore Drive, uh, there's an, uh, let's see, it's closed due to CTAL construction uh, between Broadway and Winthrop Avenue. So some traffic if you're coming up there from the north. But otherwise, everything is about the usual. So that's all I got. Back to you. The, uh, do we have Mr. Flanagan? You do, Tom. Good morning. How are you? What uh, a lot of insight, in, in, a lot of stuff we're talking about today's PPI numbers. Just as uh, uh, so, I'm, I know sort of what I'm. Uh, the energy, the energy column, and the uh, just like in this P- CPI I was talking about earlier, has uh, energy down four point seven percent month over month. Now, some of that natural gas was legit, but. I don't think gas, regular gasoline was down that much, and I don't think uh, if it isn't, it's, it's, by the way, it's right back up. So I think the next next month we're going to have some trouble with these energy numbers. But So, yeah, and the top-line number was actually, uh, uh, let's see, was the, I don't know, I've got to go back here. But it was, uh, services were up, goods were up, uh, were down 0.1, and, and services were up, just like what Dan was talking about. Is the inflation now is seemingly percolating through the service sector, isn't it? John, after being the yeah. area actually was holding steady for a while, now it's coming back that way. Is uh, you know, it's it, it just it's still pushing through, and I think it's going to push through some more with the amount of money the Fed put back in. But they're they're dragging it out a little bit. But I, I gasoline prices around me, Tom, they're stuck really at three ninety nine for uh, cash sales. And it's been that way really. It's, throughout this year, since, if you're, if you're in the city, if you're in the city, you're higher than that. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've seen, yeah. you know, the city's five bucks. Credit, you, you pay another quarter or 50 cents. Some yeah. places I've seen. And that, that hasn't budged. It's made. Well, we, we, uh, in the Burbs, it, it fluctuates there more. Uh, two weeks ago was 364. Last Sunday was 399. As we're propping, we're, it's been up pretty heavy since the OPEC announced that, that, uh, cut, which didn't really affect the futures all that much, but seems to be affecting gasoline. I mean, it'll, it'll go up as, and then it goes up quick, and then it slides back down. But basically, it's it hasn't gone down. And I don't know where they got the minus 4.7% last month. And even if they did, as of the last two weeks, it's it's way higher than it was beginning of, of uh, March, if anybody doesn't think that. I mean, I think they're, they're smoking something, the, the good stuff, uh, as you would say. Um, <laughs> but what uh, we have, uh, this we, Lou and I were talking about the kind of the leakage stuff, and, and Dan and I were talking about the numbers being somewhat it, it seems like it even though they're they're very disparate subject you can accuse the host of the show me of skipping around from topic to topic you know what john to me they're the same topic it's the same it's the same crap it's the same sort of sl- uh, incompetence slash shadings uh slash covering up stuff because you don't want people to hear it because things are worse than maybe people think I, I i don't know what it is there's some there's some something going on here that uh you know you don't i don't quite I guess you can sort of put your finger on, but it's it's a little mushy. There's so much attention paid, you know, on particularly on the side of the left towards disinformation and you know this this you know such destructive you know element of you know attack on democracy stuff. But to me, that there's nothing now that you can read in any mainstream organ, newspaper, or website, or whatever. That doesn't have within it the seeds of, of disinformation, I'm afraid, and and it's particularly, I think, the case where you've got establishment media like Lou was talking about with the Washington Post and the New York Times. They become so invested in with the intelligence agencies and the FBI and the, the monitoring of the behavior of American citizens. I don't think they can distinguish any longer between what is reporting and what is disinformation. And to them, it's all in, you know, with the goal of, of doing some good towards some political agenda and masking that kind of, you know, loyalty that they're, they're really... Well, John, how do you, how do you separate your, your, your criticism, you know, and, you know, to be blunt, you become one of the dudes on the right, uh, I, I remember you and you were on the other end, but you've scattered, you've scurried across. Uh, the I, how do you differentiate what you and Lou and other people are talking about? And I can't really argue about it all that much, but I look at things as you know totally differently. I look at things always from the economic side. Why is there no competition now in in that business? Why why is the Washington Post you know taken over by by a guy? Instead of and that, they obviously care more about him than they do the news. Because in Chicago, you used to have four newspapers. Now we've got what one and a half, and I won't even call the one a one. Uh, I mean, people we used to get. I mean, you you couldn't do that. I mean, I remember we lived down in, in Beverly. Doctor J, we had three three of us, three bachelors living in this place. We had about six cars out in front of the joint in Beverly. Was we had so much fun. But we used to get in those days. We're a bunch of young knuckleheads. We either, we always got U.S. News and World. We always got either we switched off from time to Newsweek, whatever we, whichever we got a deal on, because we, we didn't want three. We used to get two. We paid for that, and you and you could read about. This is where I want to look for my my U.S. News to say, 
what was the give me the 10 page article on this slimy bank and and who who did what to where and who and why wasn't it picked up and what are the numbers i want i want to read that sort of a summary and yet the tribune and sometimes would come out in the morning and if they screwed up if they did something jeff bezos wanted them to do you could absolutely rest assured in the afternoon the the daily news would call them to task for it I mean, we, we don't want to pay for this stuff, and yet we, we're bitching about it. I, I, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you're not, you and I are not going to all of a sudden start buying a newspaper today and change the world, but collectively, we seem to be doing, like Mike Murphy said the other day, we're doing this to ourselves. We, we don't seem to want to pay for an independent newspaper to have some real reporters, and yet we bitch and we don't have one. I, I mean, I, I don't know what, economically, I can't put my finger on what the solution is, Jen. Well, I think... It used to be the case, Tom, where even families who were not that well off you know, economically could easily afford to get four papers delivered to them. Maybe two of them were dailies. Some of them might have been weeklies. Maybe just one or two on on Sundays. But we, you know, I got the Tribune and the Sun Times and the Daily News. We didn't get the Sun Times every day, but we always knew what we were reading in either paper as being biased, and we that didn't discourage people from subscribing to it because there were other reasons to get the Tribune besides reading his political commentary or its editorials, which nobody in my family paid any attention to. But they did pay attention to the arts coverage and the movie coverage and the gossip columns and oh, yeah. the obituaries. Things, things that were pretty comprehensive if you, if you were interested in what was happening in the city. But nowadays there's such an onslaught of, of so-called reading material and print newspapers, which you know, I still kind of cling to as part of my habit that I can't really break, have become a dinosaur and incredibly expensive. If you want to get it delivered to your home, and actually, you can your, online. Actually, you get delivered to your home is still real cheap. Well, not, I, I get the I, I get the online version of the Tribune, and I get it delivered on Sunday, and it's like fifteen bucks a month or something. Yeah, well, I get the Sun Times every day, and it's not that. Let me tell you. Really? Well, well the Tribune, the Tribune is more if you get it delivered every day. Maybe. But, but yeah. the point, the point, the point too is that there's so much other stuff that people are bombarded with that you, you, there was no way of getting this into your house except by, a, you know, a delivery person or the mail delivery person um, at your home. There was you, you didn't like go to the street corner and read, you know, stuff that was being, you know, on a crawl next to the bank, although there were people doing that downtown when there were news flashes. This is how people... Well, if you trade on the trading floor, you always you could never get it delivered at home because you always left before it got there. Yeah, and and even the Sun-Times or the Daily, excuse me, the, uh, the Daily News used to put out no, I'm sorry, the Sun-Times was a morning paper. It put out a later edition after the markets closed and you could pick it up that up downtown for half price. Yeah. There'd be people hawking it in the news corners. But, but nowadays people get, you know, reading material whether they want it or not every time they pick up a device and they're never without a device but, the, but you're with the I don't know I probably told this story but what, what, what was it Eddie Johnson got, the night he, was, he got caught trashing his car the, the old police superintendent the uh, oh yeah in that series yeah yeah well that's as you well know I, I mean I once in a while I, I, I know where series is right uh, but just say you know a couple nights a week we commiserate in there and have for you know 40 years for god's sake well I, I read the the first article about it now every once in a while there's there's an article that comes out that you happen to know a real lot about some of it and it's always amazing to me jen is how how ill-informed the reporter is but again you and i went to catholic school 
not saying if you're a Catholic school you cheat, but uh, let's just say I wasn't really too good at at uh, translating my Latin homework, and a couple guys did. <laughs> to say it got passed around in the morning because I mean, I'm sitting there going I'm never going to use this subject anyway I'm only doing it because I don't know any other languages anyway so I, I read this first article and it's talking about he was at Ceres and then he was picked up at uh, what was it 11.30 or 12.30 in the car and he's asleep and blah 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 so first thing in my mind is okay Ceres closes at 8 o'clock so, the guy went somewhere for four and a half hours there had to be another bar but somehow or another, somebody caught the series piece, and they're running with it, even though there's a four-hour gap here. Now, Jimmy Olsen would never have left that four-hour gap there, would he? I don't think so. Perry White wouldn't have let him. Wouldn't have let him, yeah. So so, so all of a sudden, this is Cranes, I think was the first one. They got all these you know people doing the cameras and all that stuff, interviewing my buddy Billy over at Series. And th- the next article I read is it's either from the Trib or someplace or sometimes, then from somewhere else, then from somewhere else, then from somewhere else. John, the, every reporter after the first person just, it looked like my Latin homework. They just paraphrased what the first person said. They, they didn't do any, anything on their own. They just plagiarized the first person's article. I mean, I'm, there's, I'm now reading five articles on this one. The same mistakes are in every one. Of course, they, they move the words around like I used to do in Latin. <laughs> you know, but, but by and large... I, I recognize that as a, as a Latin cheat. So uh, it's got to be statute of limitations of that got to be gone, aren't they? How many years ago was that? Uh, yeah, I would <laughs> still go around bragging about it. Though, Tom, I did that too. So I, <laughs> I, dark corner. Oh, it's, past, it's not it's know? not a brag. I should have I should have done it myself. <laughs> but it's but a I'm, confession. It's right? a con- well. I mean, I never I never did any other subject. You know, because no. but Latin, I'm like this one's totally useless. Uh, anyway, so I'm sitting there. Why would you pay for that? And it wasn't until like a couple of weeks later that I that somebody said something about oh yeah by the way he was at this Italian place over on uh, what's the black east of Michigan I've been there a couple of times good place uh, he was there for the next four hours they they never got mentioned anywhere but why didn't anybody sit there and go to Billy when I interviewed him over at Sirius by the way when do you guys close well we close at eight o'clock really the guy wasn't found till twelve thirty that leaves a gap I mean, I mean I, so I mean how, how do you, how do you it shows the quality of of editing time, or, yeah. the, or the, the poor quality of editing, and the and the, the way that you know journalistic standards or ethics aren't even considered anymore in journalism programs, and I don't even know how many people writing journalism today ever spent a day in a, in a journalism school. If they did, I suspect they didn't learn too much about ethics or fact checking or any things we're talking about here, because it isn't taught anymore. It's, it's not it's not a high priority placed on it. So we get all this garbage. It, it, the Sun-Times is a prime example of this to me now because it's, it's you know, 80% of it is associated press fee, which I think is you just have to skip. There's no point in reading it. It's well, all, there's no city desk. The city desk has been gone for a decade, no. right? And the other stuff is from, you know, WBEZ, Chicago Public Radio, which claims to be nonpartisan, but it's as, as nonpartisan as NPR is, which is really partisan. And yet they've got, you know, government support. You know, get this big thing with, you know, NPR resigning from Twitter now and PBS resigning from Twitter. Well, John, who, how does this, we had, uh, Matty Weber knows, uh, I forget the guy's name. Oh, God. I, I, Andrew, you probably can't find it, but he was on two, three times. He's a reporter that covered shootings, like, in the middle of the night. He would go there himself. And uh, I, I can't, Matt, Matt will know Tuesday. I'll ask him, uh, and maybe we can get him back on. But he was a terrific guest, by the way, and, uh, so one one night he's 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 doing the show, 
and, he, and he's at a scene staring at the body. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I said to him, mistakenly, again, me not doing my homework, uh, I said, hey, you know, um, you know, how, how long have you been with the Tribune? And he goes, oh, I'm not, I'm not with the Tribune. And I'm like, oops. Well, it turns out that he, he must have the police report, and uh, he's, he's like his own city desk, for lack of a better term. If he hears about some shooting, he will, you know, get his ass out of bed at 3 in the morning, go to some horrible neighborhood. Uh, you know, guy's got, guy's got stones, I'll say that for him. And he, and he covers it and writes the article up and evidently tries to, uh, says that a Trib or the Times or somebody, I've got this article, and they probably, I'm asking you, do they, do they buy it from them? They must have to. I mean, uh, yeah. So if, I mean, if they choose to, if it fits their agenda. And you but I mean, a, but a murder with you know five people dead, hopefully, would be somebody went there. But it, it's pretty stunning that there's all kinds of these. If you don't look at Hey Jackass, there's not a story on every one of these things. Even no. a two and three, even two and three people get killed. Even there might be a story, there might not. They don't have any report. I mean, it's it, city desk. Once you hear that call, guys are going out after it, right? Guys or ladies. To write yeah. that article. This, this is how reporters, you know, got their chops. Yeah, they, they all did this at the beginning of their careers, and it was tough. You know, it was horrendous. You know, things they, they were had to be eyewitnesses to and to get emotionally involved in. And if they could survive that, they they'd get promoted to you know a better job or a desk job or something, with some kind of editorial power. But they had to earn that by doing this this pretty difficult run in any big city. It was difficult work, I'll tell you. Well, I know uh, it was never pretty. Our, our, back our, our buddy Eric, um, Eric May, who's the uh, professor. You know, I think uh, I think Tina might actually have had to declare she lost, which I by like three hundred votes. In, uh, I think so. I was, I was trying to fi- get the final tally on that. Yeah, I, I think I, she lost, which is really a shame. She's she's terrific. Yeah. Uh, of course, the other guys, you know, some organizer, the usual. Got Here's a shot. I shouldn't do this, but I will. Did you see the list of? Uh, did I send that to you? The list of. Uh, the new mayor's nine people on his, uh, or eight people on his. Every single one of them is an organizer of some kind. What did what did Greg say? Not a not a not a job among them. No, no. <laughs> but I, you know, shocked but not surprised. Huh? So, I don't. But how? But how do you? How do you go from? This is it's kind of the oddest thing. How, how do you go from being the person who's always trying to get money from somebody and criticizing somebody? All of a sudden, you are the somebody. <laughs> Yeah. Can you, can you? Well, it's like when Brenda Johnson was on the picket line in Chicago State the other day, I thought, I wonder if this is the kind of message that, that people want to see. And they apparently don't care. This is where his allegiance is. Um, first and foremost, it's with the, the teachers. You know, it's, it's not with the but he is, it's not with the e- Even he, and I'm hoping he turns out way better than we think he's going to, even he has to realize now that he's he's the custodian of the purse. And, it, and and now he has to tell guys like him no, C- can he do it? No, and he can't, Tom. And I'm afraid the reason he's there and the reason you see this transition team composed the way it is is because he's still taking marching orders from his bosses, and he will be for the next four years. I just I don't. I don't. Think see, well, I don't know how that. I don't that. see how the, the when you start looking at the numbers, the numbers don't lie, John. I mean. Uh, I mean, somewhere, someplace, especially with this council, it's that somebody's going to say, "Hey, our teachers are are making more than anybody else in the country. You got to stop," or something. I mean, he's, well, he, it's not like people are going to be ashamed or afraid to say stand up to them. I mean, they will. I yeah, think but they've got, you know, and you know, even with the coordination, you can see of these these 
what three strikes we've got now going on with, with higher education in Illinois, it's all coordinated to me. It's all, you know. Well, but you, but you also know that I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have any, any, we, we, we had a long talk yesterday. Who, who were we talking about, about adjunct professors? It was, uh, was that you? No, it was, uh, who, who, was, who was yesterday we were talking to him about it. It was, uh, oh, but with uh, Russell. Yeah, you know, Russell, but I, 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 you know what? If I'm one of those guys, I'm striking. The char- the, what they're paying for tuition and what they're paying me, let's, let's, let's knock down some of his overhead. I mean, Bob Golden, why, why should he have, why should he have made fifteen hundred bucks for teaching forty people, paying five grand a class? Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on the adjunct. Yeah. Because, like Bob, I I did that before I got a full time job, and it's a scandal. It, it has been a scandal for a long time. Uh, oh. But it's 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 a separate issue from you know with the Brandon Johnson thing and I think we have to save that for another day right, one thing I wanted to I wanted to bring up though you sent that article out the other yesterday about um, big box stores in Chicago oh yeah and, we need to and, I was going to save that to Monday because I think it's more you can give us a, a lesson on, on, on how all this tax works or doesn't yeah, it's a very I mean it's something that needs to be you know talked about and it, it's, it's something we haven't learned I guess in urban planning yet because the, the cities have begun to draw on the suburban model, which was originally sort of the antithesis of the city model, where high density, you know, square footage down to the most minute measurement was was the key to profitability. And when you had lots of land that was you know available after World War II, the suburbs expanded, um, sprawled, you know, huge shopping malls and so on. Now that's come back into the city as a model, so you can see it in the example of the Target store on Elston Avenue in that article, and sh- shopping malls generally. And uh, it's it's turned out to be a bad model for the city. What Jan's talking and about is we were, the article, and we'll, we'll go through this on Monday, is, is how per square foot how the Target pays way less than like a bar or something. I mean, way, way less. And uh, even with the revenue, they don't even go with, of course, then if you go with revenue, a big back store has huge revenue, but they probably, well, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say the, the idea is they don't have as much margin, although sometimes I think maybe they do. So there's there's all kinds of, and we'll just go through it, John, because it's a huge subject. Yeah, and, it, and it, what, what it also doesn't even take into account of is, is the fact that there were so many concessions made to developers and to retailers to put these stores in particular places. So right. like the, the Sears complex in Hoffman Estates or, or any big box store, what the city or the county has given away um, in revenue to get that store there isn't even calculated in that you know, Well, the ex- example might footage. be, it might be, Jan, is the Evergreen Plaza used to carry Evergreen Park. Well, Evergreen right. Plaza is down and there's a Walmart across the street. I'll bet the Walmart has a much better tax rate than the Plaza ever did for them. Oh, of course. And, yeah. and Evergreen Plaza was a high density shopping mall by right. comparison to many of them. It had limited, you know, concrete pads for parking. It had a parking garage, but it had, you know, good theaters. It had restaurants. It had, you know, good anchor stores in a very compact place. Well, you know, th- that isn't the rule in, in the, some of these shopping no. malls that are now just ghost towns. And hey, huge. Real quick, Jan, we only have got thirty seconds. I'm going to interrupt you, but you see the uh, that huge Walmart. Chatham development is the one that's closing on 83rd Street. And there? that's the one that burned down in 2020, where the roof collapsed. And they, they were going to close it then, and Lightfoot convinced Tar, uh, Walmart. You know, Walmart to rebuild but they it, have, which but they that's, did, and now it's been closed. But those have, they have a lot of ancillary stores there 
I mean, if they're, are they all going to go down too? That's a, at least that was a huge old inland steel plant, wasn't it? Or yeah, Ryerson or something? Stewart, 84th and yeah. Stewart. And you know, the pharmacy will be gone in 30 days. Lots of other things that are going to deprive those yeah. you know, hundreds, thousands of people who you know, depended on that. Um, but you know, the model, I think, has had its day, and it was never a good one for the city, and it's it's kind of taken over the energy and development for the last 50 years or so. Sounds like we got a lot to talk about on Sounds like we got a lot to talk about on Monday. By the way, did I see you last night? I must have missed you. You missed me, Tom. Okay. (laughs) John, take care of yourself. SV Futures up 13. Nancy Futures up 71 on a a pretty good headline PPI number. Uh, Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.